I want you guys to be prepared. I want you to be ready. I want you to ask for help. If you have people in your life that are willing to help you, if they're offering help, don't do that normal thing we do and say, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. No, say, yeah, I'd love for you to come over to help. Can you do laundry? Can you cook a meal? Can you do some dishes? And here's the thing. When your friends and your family come over to help you during postpartum, it is not so they can sit and snuggle the baby. It's so they can help you. So if you decide to have visitors, I want you to get really comfortable with letting them help. Today's episode is all about preparing for postpartum. Now, this episode is a little more geared towards vaginal delivery. However, we're going to talk about the real stuff, the real ways that your life can change after having that sweet little baby. So listen in to a recording of an Instagram live that I did last week that I thought would be beneficial for all of you guys to jump in and listen to. Hey, you guys. Wow. I am so excited to be here with you guys to do a live today. We are going to be talking about postpartum. And I am super excited about this talk because we had so many babies in Calm Labor, Confident Birth, and the VBAC Lab the last few weeks. In fact, we did our happy hour today with our students, and we had so many teeny tiny babies, brand new mamas in the throes of postpartum recovery. So if any of my students are on here or any of you guys who have just delivered Keep going. You've got this. You're amazing. I know it's hard. I know you're tired, but you're incredible and you're doing an amazing job. I just want to encourage you because I know that postpartum can feel so lonely. It can feel so lonely and sleep deprivation is one of the top hardest things you will ever face in your life. Can anybody give me like hands up emojis or hit the heart or something? If you know what I'm talking about when it comes to sleep deprivation. I remember when I had Grayson, I was like, how the heck do you forget how bad it is when you're not sleeping? And so there's a couple things I want to talk to you guys when we talk about preparing for postpartum recovery. And then I want to give you guys some permission to feel some things. Because I think as women, as moms, as new parents, and I'm talking to the new dads as well, we tend to hold ourselves to this really high, crazy standard. And so today, I want to give you permission to feel the feels, whether it's anger, disappointment, resentment, whatever, feel the feels. I want to dive right into this topic. And it's so near and dear to me because a lot of my girls inside of both my birth classes are in the throes of either about to have their baby or they just had their baby and they're feeling all these things. And I think a lot of times, and you guys, I teach birth classes. I'm a labor and delivery nurse. I do have experience in postpartum as well, both as a nurse and as a mama. But I think a lot of times it's like the wedding. We prepare for the wedding. We've got all this going. We've got lists and we've got checklists and we've got our little books with everything written down and we've taken the 
classes and we're getting all ready. We've bought all the cute outfits and then we have the wedding. And then afterwards we feel this sense of now what? So we're going to talk about preparing for the birth, but also preparing for postpartum, because I think a lot of times I, and this is why we added a postpartum recovery class to our arsenal here on Labor Nurse Mama is because a lot of our moms were like, man, I knew everything about birth. I was so ready for birth, but I was not ready for postpartum. So that is the last thing I want for you guys. So let's talk about what to expect during your postpartum recovery period. So we did a little postpartum prep for cesareans a couple weeks ago. So if you missed that, go back and listen to that one. Today, we're going to primarily talk about vaginal recovery. So let's talk about the first big thing, which is bleeding. Typically, most mamas are going to bleed for the first six weeks. The heaviest part of your bleeding is that first three to 10 days. During that first three to 10 days, it's going to be like a really heavy period. It starts out as a really dark, deep, thick red. It's nasty. The difference with your bleeding after having a baby is that it's got a weird smell to it. And the reason it smells like that is because it is a mixture of all that amniotic stuff, the tissue, and all the leftover blood from your pregnancy. Girl, there are a lot of bodily changes after having a baby. Remember, during pregnancy, we have all this extra fluid. We have all this extra cardiovascular work going on. So now you're going to get rid of all that. So you might notice that you're sweating a lot. You might be swelling and getting rid of all those fluids. So sometimes immediately during postpartum, because of all the fluids we give you during labor, sorry about that, you might swell up immediately and then you're going to release all that through sweating, especially at night. It's not fun. You might have a lot of night sweats. But with your bleeding, it's going to start out. It's heavy. It's dark red. It gets a little bit darker, then goes down to a pinkish color. Now, during that first three to 10 days, that initial period, and it's different for everyone. It's even different for each baby. I've had seven. I've had six babies. One was adopted. I always say she was my hardest birth but I didn't bleed with her. So during my pregnancies and my postpartums, with some of them, I bled heavier than others. It also depended on me and what I was doing. So we're gonna talk about that as well. So you're gonna start out really heavy, period-like bleeding. You've got tissue, you might have blood clots. Now, if you see clots that are large, I want you to call your provider. If you bleed through more than one pad, I'm talking those big pads, in an hour, call your doctor. You should see it tapering off somewhat, your bleeding. It should not be like a certain way and then get way heavier. That's not normal. However, if you do too much in a day, so let's say your bleeding's tapering off, it's getting better, and then you get up, you walk the neighborhood, you walk up and down the stairs 20 times, you pick up the laundry basket, you go, you pick up your toddler, you throw your baby and your toddler on your hips, you might have an increased amount of bleeding. 
that is normal. So that gets to one of my points that we're gonna get at too. You should see it tapering down. So starts out red, goes to a pinkish color, goes to a brownish color, and then it ends up like a yellowish white color. Most women are not still bleeding at six weeks. I know we say six weeks and you can still be bleeding at six weeks, but most women taper off. Again, take it easy on yourself. You want to be resting. You don't want to be standing or sitting too long. You want to lay down, take a rest. I want you guys to think about a lot of other cultures. And back in the day, women used to have this lying in period. And that was when they just took care of themselves. So I want you guys to really think about that first six weeks as your time to take care of you and baby. That's your priority. You and baby. You just went through something incredibly difficult. Birth is a lot of work. So I want you to give yourself permission to rest. Give yourself permission to look at that pile of laundry and say, screw it. I want you to think, okay, I don't have to get all these things done. What I need to get done today is taking care of me and taking care of baby. Now, I've been there and when you have you don't have a lot of extra help. I know what that's like. So I know some of you guys are like, that's easy if you have a partner who helps you, if you have family to help you. I know that it can be very hard. I've done it without help. But I still want you to give yourself permission to let some of those things go. You don't have to get it all done. You don't have to be on top of everything. You don't have to look good. You don't have to be dressed really nice. Get up, consider it a win if you get out of bed, you brush your teeth, and you get to go to the bathroom. Those are wins. I want you guys to give yourself permission to heal. It's not quick. And and don't expect to be completely healed at six weeks. You might take longer and that's okay. Some women are up and going and feel great. Some aren't. And there's everything in between. So I want you guys to not be hard on yourself. Whatever it takes for you is exactly what it's needed for you. Okay, I've got myself a list here. So we've talked about clots. We've talked about the color. The bleeding during postpartum is actually called lochia. And we've talked about the transition of how it starts out really dark, heavy period, goes all the way down to yellowish, whitish color. When it gets to that yellowish, whitish, it's just like a discharge. You won't even notice it really. Now, one thing that I really want to encourage you guys is during the first 24 to 48 hours, consider using ice packs. And we have a reel here showing you how to make padsicles. Now, one thing I will say, do not over make padsicles. Six to eight should be sufficient. Most of my mamas who lay out a big pizza pan or cookie sheet and make 20, they don't use them. So you can use them for boo-boos later. But six should be a perfect amount of padsicles. I also did a little trick that I showed you guys last, I think I did a reel showing you a labor and delivery nurse trick. And so you, if you do not have padsicle made and you are swollen and your booty is hurting, you've got hemorrhoids, you've got stitches, grab out a newborn diaper. This is a little trick for you guys. And you're gonna just gently pull apart the end of the diaper. You can see that I just pulled it apart here. 
and fill it with ice. And then you don't even have to seal it. Put that in your underwear and it's heaven and it's the most absorbent pad you could ever have. If you buy pre-made ice packs, the pads, a lot of times the blood just rolls off. So there's literally no point in those. So use a diaper or make your own padsicles. They work great. Okay, another thing that we really want to have, and let me see if I have it here. Oh no, I don't have it is a perineal bottle. So you're going to get a perinatal bottle in the hospital. We give them to you after delivery. Those things are golden, girls. Keep them, bring it home with you. You can also buy, I have a couple that I've bought. Frida Mom has a great one. Lansano has a great one. But remember, you don't have to buy one because you're gonna get one in the hospital. And you can ask your postpartum nurse for an extra perineal bottle. These are squirt bottles, and I'm so mad that I don't have it here, but I actually keep it in my bathroom for when I'm on my period because it's amazing. So you can fill it with warm water, and every time you go to the bathroom, I want you to rinse off. Now here's a labor nurse tip. Don't touch your perineum with it. If you touch your body with your perineal bottle, you're going to cause it to have germs on it. So I see it all the time in the hospital. Mamas will just touch their bottom with it, and then we have to get a new one. So be very cautious that you keep it at a distance from your perineum when you're cleaning yourself. This is just keeping clean. Every single time you go to the bathroom, rinse off with warm water. So you're going to go into the bathroom or your partner's going to go with you. Get the Turn the water on right when you go in the bathroom. Get it nice and warm. Fill up your perineal bottle. Go to the bathroom and you're going to rinse off with the bottle. Then you're going to pat dry. This is top tip because if you rub, you're going to hurt your bottom. All right, let's think what else. So every time you go to the bathroom, you're gonna clean with your perineal bottle. You're gonna use a warm spray bottle. I love the ones we give in the hospital. I don't think you should have to buy one, personally. You're gonna wanna do a sits bath. So I have my sits bath here. So this is a sits bath right here. So a sits bath, you're gonna fill it with warm water and you're gonna put it right on the toilet. You can, this one has a little pump spray so you can do like a, a bidet, right? You're gonna have a warm water bottle that's gonna put warm water into it. You wanna get it nice and warm and you wanna do this as often as you can throughout the day. This is gonna help speed up your healing process tremendously. You can do it for about 20 minutes. You guys, it feels like heaven. If you have hemorrhoids, you do not want to miss out on this. If you have stitches, you don't want to miss out on this. This is amazing. So get a sits bath. I love this one because you can flatten it and just keep it next to the toilet or in your closet. All right, what else? So you're gonna do that 20 minutes, several times a day. You want to rest often. Laying down, remember I said no sitting or standing for too long of a period. A lot of mamas find if they get if they have hemorrhoids to get like a donut cushion or some kind of cushion to put on their chair so that they're not putting too much pressure on their bottom. You don't want to overdo it no matter how good you feel because some days you're going to feel amazing and those are the days that you're going to overdo it and then you're going to start bleeding heavier and you're going to feel terrible and you're going to 
gonna say, wow, Trish said don't overdo it. So do not overdo it. You're only gonna be carrying that baby and taking care of that baby. Everything else can. If you don't have a good support system, I want you guys to start thinking about that now before your baby comes. So what are some things that you could do if you don't have a stellar support system? And I've been there. I moved away from my family and I didn't have a lot of support during postpartum. So some of the things that I did was I prepared freezer meals ahead of time. I had all my supplies ready and I had a list of all the important phone numbers ahead of time. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because I think that is really important for postpartum. We'll talk about which phone numbers to have ready. I've got a list so I don't go off on all these tangents. So again, you are going to take care of you. Hey mama, did you know that we are offering an incredible deal on our five powerful birth workshops from our last fearless birth experience? If you check out the link in the show notes, you can grab all five workshops to watch whenever you want and share them with your birth coach or your partner. You also get an interactive workbook and worksheets for each class. Class one is all about labor pain. Class two is all about unmedicated birth. Class three, how to share your birth plans. Class four, confidently coping during labor. And class five, how to push like a boss. Now, you can grab all five workshops for lifetime access for $24. The link is in the show notes. So now we're gonna talk about visitors during postpartum. I get this question all the time, and we talk about this on our weekly happy hours. If you don't know, we have two birth classes, Calm Labor, Confident Birth, and the VBAC Lab. Both of them include weekly hangouts with me or my team doula, Taylor. And we meet on Mondays with the VBAC Lab and on Wednesdays with the Calm Labor Confident Birth students. And one of the things we spend a lot of time talking about is creating boundaries, whether it's boundaries with your providers or boundaries with your partner or boundaries with your family members. One thing that comes up a lot is postpartum visitors. So if if you guys have been worrying about that, tap some hearts, give me some hearts, because I know that it gets really stressful for you and your partner, and sometimes between you and your partner if you don't agree. So I want you guys to start talking about it now. What do you want for your postpartum period? Because remember, like I said, you're going to be bleeding, your boobs are going to be leaking, you're going to feel different, and you're going to be healing. So if you want a really tight wall around that recovery period, you have every right to do that. It's okay if someone has to wait to see your baby. That is okay, and that is your choice. You don't have to apologize. You don't have to make excuses. So I want you guys to start thinking about your postpartum visitor policy for your home. Now, COVID has helped us out a little bit, right? Because we don't have to fight as much in the hospital, although some are getting more lax. But once you get home, what do you want? What do you want? Are you comfortable having people coming over and seeing you with your boobs leaking or seeing you with a, a diaper on because that's what they feel like or having to get up slowly and move to the bathroom or being in the bathroom for 20 minutes to doing all your peri care? Some people are not comfortable with that. 
Or some people are not comfortable with learning how to breastfeed with people watching them. So I want you to really start thinking about yourself. If you don't care at all, that's totally fine. If you completely care and you're not comfortable, that's totally fine. This is your recovery period and you have every right to set up the rules and set up the boundaries. Now, if you're having some conflict with your partner, because maybe your partner wants their parents to be able to come over or their sister or their best friend, then you need to talk about it now and tell them how you feel and that you might feel vulnerable or you might feel uncomfortable with someone there when you're learning how to be a mother or you're exhausted or you're feeling terrible. The other thing is, if you are like, oh, no, I don't feel that way. Anybody can come over. But then you have the baby and you feel like nobody can come over. That's okay. Go ahead and tell your friends and family, hey, I don't know what my recovery is going to be like. I may want everyone over or I may want no one over, but just love me through it and understand that I'm learning how to be a mama and I'm learning how to be a parent and I'm going to be recovering. You have every right to let that be as fluid as possible, whatever your boundaries are. And I just want to give you permission to do that. And remember I told you I'm going to give you permission to feel some feels. We're going to talk about something that me and my students had. We had an incredible conversation. It was eye-opening for myself as well because I came from a very birth-friendly family. We had babies in our family. I was very comfortable with babies. I was very comfortable with that process. And so I didn't struggle in this way per se, but I've had a lot of students who have really struggled with some really intense feelings after they have their baby. And so I want to prepare you guys that if you start feeling like regret for having a baby or feeling depressed about having a baby or feeling like this is not what I thought it would be like, that is okay and that is normal and that does not make you a bad parent. That makes you a normal human being who's going through sleep deprivation, hormonal changes, and recovery. So if you find yourself right now, if you're one of my new mamas who's feeling guilt because you're like looking at your baby and thinking, I don't like you, that's okay. And it's normal. This is a brand new person who is invading your space. If anybody invades our space, we might feel a little bit upset or angry or resentful. That's normal. We feel that way with adults. We're going to feel that way with babies. Now, some of you guys doesn't bother you at all, but if you're one of those moms who's feeling like, gosh, I really can't believe I decided to have a baby and now I'm going through all this and I feel guilty, don't. This is normal. You're good and you're going to move through it and you are a good parent and you're a good mom and you're a good dad. I promise you, this is normal. Now, one of the things I said was I want you to have a list of important phone numbers and resources handy. And we have a checklist and a guide that I'm going to link to my stories when we get done that's going to walk you through this. So some of the resources and some of the things that I want you to have handy ahead of time, I want you to be prepared because you guys, sleep deprivation is horrible and can 
really mess you up and mess up your thinking process. So whether your list, I, my phone is right here, whether your list is in a notes on your phone or you send a text message to yourself and your partner or a good friend, or you just have it on. So this is one of my favorite Amazon buys. It's a mess right now, but it's a little dry erase board. And then I have my dry erase marker sits right there and I keep it next to my, I have one next to my bed. I have one next to my little guy's bed. We write notes to each other. And whenever I, if I wake up at two in the morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot to send so-and-so the breastfeeding list. I write it down. Having notepad is fantastic. So you could have something like that. You could have a little journal where you have important numbers. And here's what I want you guys to have ahead of time before baby comes. I want you to have a list of your providers so you know your provider's phone numbers. I want you to have your lactation consultant number ready. I want you to go ahead and set up a consult with her. Even if you feel like breastfeeding is going amazing, they can always teach you more and they can always give you tips and encouragement. So have it ready, have it ready to go. A lot of insurance companies will provide it. A lot of hospitals, if you delivered at their hospital, you can go back to see their lactation consultant for free. I want you to have your pharmacy number ready and I want you to have all of your medicate if you take monthly medications if you have refills have that ready to go go ahead and get them refilled if you can and i want you to find some support groups whether it's mom support groups a newborn if you're in calm labor confident birth or vbac lab i want you come into happy hour so we can support you and then i want you to consider having a postpartum doula. I am actually doing a podcast with a postpartum doula and I can't wait to talk to her because I think that is an invaluable resource. So if you have the option, consider doing that. The other thing I want you to do is have the a number for a therapist or there's things like betterhelp.org or different avenues in case you start getting postpartum emotions that are out of control or feeling overwhelming. And most of the time, postpartum depression will manifest itself after about two weeks. Those first two weeks are just crazy. You're, everything's out of whack. So after two weeks, if you're feeling low, if you're feeling despondent, or you just don't feel right, go talk to someone and get some help. This is not a bad thing. This does not say anything bad about you. This just says you've been through something and you need some help. Girl, I am in therapy. All of my kids are in therapy. Therapy is incredible. Having a baby is a, it does a number on your system. So having someone to talk and bounce things off, having support is such an amazing gift. I want you guys to be prepared. I want you to be ready. I want you to ask for help. If you have people in your life that are willing to help you, if they're offering help, don't do that normal thing we do and say, oh, I'm good, I'm fine. No, say, yeah, I'd love for you to come over to help. Can you do laundry? Can you cook a meal? Can you do some dishes? And here's the thing, when your friends and your family come over to help you during postpartum, it is not so they can sit and snuggle the baby. It's so they can help you. So if you decide to have visitors, I want you to get really comfortable with letting them help. 
A lot of times we tend to feel bad for asking for help. This is not the time for that. I want you to say, I'm going to ask for help. So if your best friend comes over and she wants to sit on the couch snuggling the baby while you're up doing dishes and making her a drink and getting a snack, no. So if you're a best friend listening, if you're a friend listening, if you're a family member listening, your job is not to snuggle the baby. Your job is to come alongside this mama and this new daddy or this new partner and support them, help them do something. Go over, switch the laundry, go in the baby's room, see what needs to be done and fill a need. Do not just sit and hold the baby. That's your reward for helping. If they come over and they help, then they get to snuggle the baby. How's that? But you get to snuggle the baby while they help you. I hope this helped you guys. I hope this was beneficial. I'm going to post a checklist and a little guide for you guys. And as always, send us a DM, send us a question. We love getting your questions. We love hearing from you guys. If you're in the throes of postpartum, girl, you are not alone. We are here with you. We are supporting you. We are so proud of you. Have a great day, you guys. I'll see you again soon. Hey mama, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the birth experience with labor nurse mama, where we talked about preparing for postpartum. I find that a lot of moms prepare for birth. Yay. That's what I love. But you also need to be prepared for your postpartum journey. This is life changing. Make sure that you hit subscribe and write us a review and let us know what you'd love to hear about in the future. As always, we'll see you next Friday. Bye for now.